JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. From ESPN Radio, friend of the show for the Slow Jam Reentry Friday, Mike Wells. I'm all set and ready to go, and for some reason, this piece of crap that I'm working with right here, and it's mine, not the station's, isn't working. My bad. That's all right. Listen, man. I'm going to yell what, at what, it. What are, you, what are you more frustrated at? Your, the piece of crap uh, equipment that you that is personally yours or... How long this damn coaching search is going for the Colts? What's been more frustrating? Yeah, you know what? I'm not really frustrated about that. You know what? Because here's what's happened, Mike. It's been interesting. I think it's been kind of a test. Everybody that I have endorsed to be the next head coach in like a day or two later gets eliminated. Like Jim Harbaugh, I endorsed. He didn't want a part of it. All right? Dan Quinn, I endorsed. He went back to Dallas to be the defensive coordinator. I endorsed Wink Martindale. He gets eliminated. So I'm assuming now, I I told everybody, Mike, to give me a name they want me to endorse. Thus, he will be next to be eliminated as the next head coach. It's all about me here. Okay, so what? You going to go ahead and endorse Jeff Saturday? (laughs) That's what everybody's saying right here. Did you see Shaquille Leonard and what he said on McAfee's show about that? Yes, yes, I did. Um, I, 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 I'm going to say this, and I'm not and obviously I was not in that locker room or in the facility this season, but what Shaq Leonard um, said is a lot of the same stuff that when I still stayed in touch with people in the Colts, um, they said about Jeff Saturday, about, you know, give him, let him get his full staff together and all that type of stuff. Um you know, give them, give them a shot. But with that said, I believe what we saw. Yeah. There, there was, there, there's no. I just don't know how Jim Mercy could sell that on a fan base. Like, hey, we're gonna get Saturday. He'll pick his staff. You know, he's got a full off season. Help with some roster building and everything. It all goes back to what I've been saying almost every Friday. If you knew Jeff Saturday had some tools to be a head coach. You should have just held him out the entire time and not made him the interim head coach. Should have went with a guy like Gus Bradley or something like that. And um, then named Saturday the head coach and given him a clean slate. Instead, yeah. if, if for some reason Saturday is named the head coach, there's going to be so many question marks. And there's going to be, to put it frank, I, I mean, I'm sorry if I this gets you in trouble. There's going to be a lot of pissed off fans, in my opinion. No, there's no doubt about yeah, that. Saturday. There, there, is, there is no doubt about that. And, and we've talked about this before, and there's no question had 
had you had a, a clean slate on Jeff right now, we'd be debating it, and people would say, what in the world is going on? And people would be angry because people are going to be angry regardless because people are non-believers in the decision-making of this organization right now. That's just the position most fans have been put in by the team and its lack of success, especially this past year. But at least you you don't have people putting together a petition saying, no way, what are we doing here? and things like that, you give him more of a fair shake and in the court of public opinion, more of a logical debate. If some want him, some don't want him, you can at least have the conversation, whereas people are unwilling to have it now, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no, no, there, there's no, <clears throat> we've had those conversations with, we, we, we're, we talk to drunk people and you just can't talk any common sense to them because they're just so liquored up and then they just don't know what they're saying. That's, you you can't have a conversation with a sober person about Jeff Saturday um, to believe that he would be that guy. That's that's how bad it is, in my opinion. That it, it, you know nobody, well, very few, because of course I'm sure there's a couple people who say, okay, Jeff Jeff's that guy, blah blah blah. But there's a larger number of people who are against it than um, in favor of it. I believe. Nah, no doubt about that. It would be it'd be tough. I just I, I kind of wonder about Jim Irsay. I don't know if he really cares if it's tough or not. I think if he believes in it, he's going to end up going with it. I think that's been the wild card the entire time. I don't listen. I don't sit here and tell you I think he's going to be the next head coach. I think Shane Steichen is going to be it. They're going to hire another Eagles offensive coordinator moving forward here after the Super Bowl. But you never take Jeff completely out of the equation, do you? Because of how Jim Irsay, the owner, with the final say, feels about it. Yes, one hundred percent. Is I think. I think if if Saturday becomes a head coach, I think this is completely driven by Jim Irsay, and Irsay has to convince Chris Ballard to do it. But I, I, I agree. I think you know for the second time uh, since 2018, um, it, it, it appears the Colts are going to go with the Philadelphia OC, which is where you know all all you know the, the uh, holders and the keepers all reported that. You know, Gus Bradley's going to stay in place uh, and be able to keep his staff. You would believe there's going to be an offensive coach, and then Bradley's going to have complete control of the defense and not have anybody looking over his shoulder off of it. It just seems like the dominoes are lining up to get ready to fall in place to have another Philly OC. Yeah, that's that's how it looks, too. I think most people, and, and who knows, maybe they flipped the script and we're wrong, but I think you can make an educated guess that – that is the direction that it is going to go in. You surprised at all Shaquille Linder was so outspoken in his support of Jeff Saturday today? You know, kind of called out the way that it was prior there until Jeff took over and then the way that it needed to be afterwards. You surprised that he went went that particular direction on Pat McAfee's show earlier today? Yeah, I was because I, I will say this about, about Shaq Leonard. He knows how to – get his narrative out. He knows what he wants to say and what he doesn't want to say. And he was very, very um, pro-Jeff Saturday in this situation. And so I, I, I was I was a little shocked when I saw the comments. I was like, wow, that's not um, – that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a very strong endorsement from um, Shaq, a.k.a. Darius, in that situation. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm assuming Monday we shall find out something about that. What do you think about the Pacers trade deadline 
exploits yesterday. You interested by it? You wondering why George Hill is brought back? And even to a degree right now, Serge Ibaka is still a part of it, which is equally odd. If it were 2014, it sounds like a hell of a deal right now, but it's not. What, uh, what were your thoughts on the trade deadline stuff from the Pacers? Man, this point, I can't wait for Kevin Pritchard to talk at 430 to hear about that because just the shape of this roster, it's clear it's all about youth and the future. And for them to go out and get Serge, who I, I love Serge when he played when he played way back with uh, Oklahoma City and then with Toronto, and I, I forgot he was in the league. So that's that's how we're about Serge. And to bring the hometown kid, George Hill, back, uh, it, it was uh, something, you know, t- 10, 11 years ago. But now he was on the end of the bench in Milwaukee. Where's, where's his role at on this team? Well, I don't uh, think you I, want to see him have a role, do you? I mean, no, in no, case, no, no, like, but, but, but I, guys fell out. My thing is, why make a move just to make a move? That's essentially what I'm asking. Why? Yeah. What, is, what is the rationale behind bringing out two guys who are closer to retirement than they are to contributing and helping out on the roster? I'm assuming. We were trying to figure that out yesterday, and I'm assuming that they're going to tell us coming up here at the bottom of the hour as to why. Like, Mike, I said this. Jordan Noir, I get. And I, I said this all along. Because people said, well, you know, you're not a buyer. Uh, are you a seller or whatever? And it's not so much that. I thought that they were a builder. And if they found something out there that they felt would fit, that they could get, and it was economically feasible for them, I don't know if Jordan Noir is going to ever be anything, but you got some time right now to see if he fills a role in the longer term for this team. And I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. I don't know how interested I am to see this take place, but at the same time, it was a move that I can certainly get with. But, yeah, the other two, I guess, to satisfy the parameters of an NBA deal, and especially that of George Hill. You think Rick Carlisle sits over there? Is he, he capable of not running out of veteran over maybe a younger player that may be going through a couple of possessions of struggle? Because we've seen – the minutes of Benedict Matherin shrink over the past four games somewhat inexplicably to this point. You think Rick can help himself not go for the veteran well, presence in some games? Hey, Matherin's um, minutes have been they've, – they've become cold water shrinker, shrinkers. Yes. That's how, that's, how, that's how bad his minutes have dwindled out there. But, but I, what, what good is it to play a guy like George Hill? Don't get me wrong. I, I, George Hill, I love covering him. I love covering him, but to put that put it in perspective, come June it'll be ten years since the last time I covered the Patriots on a regular basis. That's how long. That's that's the George Hill that I enjoyed covering. What what good is it right now to to, to, to put him out there? It'd be different if you know, okay, he's he's a piece of solid backup point guard or a combo guard, and you're right in the mix of things in the Eastern Conference. The Patriots have flat out fallen on their, on their face over the past month. I mean, they've, they've won two games since January 11th. So I, there's, just, there's no role for George on the thing. And Carlisle's got to resist saying, okay, I know what George is going to bring over, you know, another, another young player at the, in, the, in the backcourt. He's got to hold out that temptation and doing that. Maybe, maybe they say, hey, we're going to, you know, the, uh, the Patriots end up waving both of those guys. Yeah, and I I don't know about Hill, but I would certainly expect that with Surge. I'm curious. Do you feel the same way about the minutes T.J. McConnell gets as the backup guard? Uh, man, you know he he always brings he brings a spark. He's that veteran guard that I think he's that guy. You got to give him short minutes and hope that he can give you that short burst. 
I don't think – I think the way George Hill plays is different. He, he doesn't bring that same burst that TJ does. TJ's that guy that will come up and linger in the backcourt and get you to steal off the inbound pass or get a couple of steals and, and throw an alley for whatever, and then you can put him back to the bench. I think that's how I envision T, TJ's that, that short, short-term energy guy. Uh, but, you know, I went to that game against Milwaukee, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, and he got some pretty good minutes out there. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is with us. You know a great deal of the background of the coaching of Rick Carlisle. Let's just say, for example, it's only been a stretch of a week. It's been four games where he played 13 the other night in that loss against Miami, and you sit there wondering why he wasn't utilized in the fourth, certainly more more than he was in the game entirety. Um, you also look at it compared to, I want to say, the games prior to these last four. So he's gone from over 33 per game to 22 per game in the last four. Is that kind of a Carlisle M.O. a little bit here? I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't dealt with it in a similar situation with rookies that you want to see play and certainly in what is a rebuild type of situation here. But is is that an M.O. there, or is it just maybe a week in general where he doesn't feel like the rookies, in this case Matherin, has it as much as he has and he's going with somebody else? Man, I, I would love to touch on me, but it, it's been, what, 16 years since I covered Carlisle again on a daily basis. You would think that he, the division would be there, and while maybe he, he may say that Matherin's hit a rookie wall, you also got to let him play through it because, I mean, guys like King and Halliburton, that's the, they're the future of this Patriots organization. They're, they're, they're the future, and the fact that he hasn't played more than 28 minutes since getting 30-31 at, at – um, at Memphis two weeks ago, that 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 tells you I don't know you know does Carlisle look at him in the doghouse or is like hey we need to let him we got to recalibrate uh, Matherin and get, and get focused back in because he, he is a guy that needs his minutes when he has his minutes he's getting buckets and that four game stretch he's only scored double figures one time and that was the game where he played twenty eight minutes against Sacramento a week ago so I, I'm I'm curious on. Um, I, I saw uh, Dustin, who covers the, the uh, Patriots for the Star, ask yeah. Carlisle about that the other night in Miami. And Carlisle just, you know, did the whole uh, PC stuff. I was just going with the guys that are, you know, believing or whatever and stuff. Let the, let the kid play. He's a, he, he seems like that guy you've got to let kind of, you know, let loose and let him get into a flow a little bit. It, 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 it's tough enough that he's been coming off the bench this season getting starters minutes while coming off the bench. So that you start playing with a, a, a kid or a young player's mind, and it becomes a roller coaster in that situation. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And again, I want to make sure that the perspective is accurate here. It's been a week. Maybe we jumped the gun a little bit on this, but I just thought the other night in terms of Miami, the way that they play and how you would love to have seen somebody uh, even more so than what the Pacers already did get to the free throw line. And Matherin has been really good at that, especially late in game situations in the fourth quarter. It was just, it felt weird why he wasn't getting the time out there. And, and for example, Neesmith was out there and played until he fouled out and got injured, I think, on that same play. It was just a little odd, I guess, and has been for the past week. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it's going to be interesting how this continues to go forward. I mean, you would think that considering this is the first of two games that Matherin at least will get some extended minutes in one of the two since they're playing tonight against um, the Kevin Durant-less 
Phoenix Suns, and then at Washington tomorrow, Washington tomorrow yeah. night, that the playing time that he would get some minutes because of it being a back to back. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, your Pacers get the first of a back-to-back tonight in Washington tonight. Last night, Phoenix lost in Atlanta. No Devin Booker. I'm assuming Devin Booker plays tonight. Aiton played last night. Last time out, we wanted to see Miles v. DeAndre Aiton. We didn't get a chance to see that in Phoenix. I'm assuming we'll see that tonight. Oh, yeah. You you, you, you would think that's the case. Man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm upset that uh, Durant, Durant's uh, injured because – I'd love to be down at the field house tonight to uh, check him out in, in a Phoenix uniform. Are you going? Uh, I know we're talking Pace. No, I, no I'm, I'm going to sit this one. I'm going to sit this one out. I thought about going, but I'm going to sit it out. So where, where do you put Phoenix in the West? I know I know we're talking Pacers, but where's Phoenix in the West now with a healthy uh, roster well, when Durant comes back? Like I don't think this is a magic formula to win a title, but as far as the West is concerned – with you know, certainly alongside Booker, you would have to put them put them near the top, right? I mean, up there with Denver and that that general vicinity right now. This could all change. I mean, the Sacramento's up there right now as well. I think Dallas is up there too. But I, I think Phoenix, thirty wins on the season. You get Durant probably makes a case for certainly top three. I think they'd be disappointed otherwise, would they not? Oh, I mean, the number of first-round picks they gave up, uh, anything less than a championship this year yeah. is a disappointment for, for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I mean, Durant's in his 30s now. I mean, Chris Paul is definitely uh, closer on the retirement side. So, yeah, anything less than a championship – they got to be. They got to be. They got to be upset. They have to be upset about because they went out and gave all those picks up to get Durant. I uh, I, I can't wait for the playoffs to start in the Western Conference. I, I mean, and then you know how the top half of the East is going to shake out. Do the Do the Pacers make the playoffs? As of today, do you think this nah. team will get it going and make the nah. playoffs? Nah. I think we have seen uh, even with Halliburton being back, we we saw what they were without their most essential player and now we've kind of seen I think even more against a better schedule certainly of what they were as opposed to what we thought they were or were they four or five games above 500 then hit the skids when Halliburton got injured this is kind of more like what everybody expected they can give you moments when you think about it coming back after that first quarter drought uh, but then, unfortunately, you have a third quarter like that. Hanging around, they always seemingly do that. They give you a reason to hang around and watch, and I, I hate that particular philosophy, but I think that, Mike, is more in tune of what we thought that they were going to be before the start of the season. You know, not that surprise four and five games above 500, surprise in the East, whatever. This is, I think, more in line with what we were all going to expect um, I hope they play better, and I hope they win some games, no doubt. But I think this is more of what we thought they were going to be in the first place. Oh, that's insane. By the way, uh, what about that women's team down in uh, about that? Down, on, uh, and down, down there in Bloomington, man? Mackenzie Holmes is yeah. going to join us coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. One of those what? stars. Yeah. Man. I'm giving him that. some love. We had Sidney Parrish on. We've had Grace Berger on. It's a, it's a hell of a story. They've sold out already, the IU-Purdue game coming up later on in February. What, 13-4 last night at Simon Scott Assembly yeah. Hall? So, yeah, some excitement Man, going I, on down there. That's a good thing. And I, I got I to tell you, I, got, I, got, I have Sidney Parrish in my social media and sports class, and – not, not only clearly a hell of a basketball player, but a great suit and overall, 
always taking part in class, answering questions and everything when she's in class and not traveling with the basketball team and stuff. So, you know, good, good on that, you know, great on the athletic side, great on the academic side. So that's, that's what I like. And, uh, you know, I, could, I couldn't go without giving the ladies a shout-out considering you and I are yeah. good old basketball dads, man. We have to uh, get the ladies love. Do you, um, do you judge on classroom participation as a teacher? Do you judge oh, yeah. students on that? I tell them day one, participation is mandatory because I don't want to sit there and listen to my voice the entire 75 minutes in class. We go back and forth. We have discussions. We have fun, and we learn at the same time. So, yeah, uh, participation is mandatory. Did you participate when you were in high school? Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> um, and I, I, to, I told I told them, I said, I remember when I was in college, and I'd have a professor sit there and talk monotone and be boring and didn't say anything the entire period, and I want to fall asleep. And the reality is participation shows I call on students to make sure they're paying attention and doing their assignments, too. So it's kind of like my uh, trick way to see if they're uh, really doing the reading assignments and things like that. So it's uh, it's worked out so far. Now, now you do have – you are fortunate because you teach subject matter that is more interesting than what normal book work might be, though, right? Yeah, that, that is, they do say that. They said it's actually things they enjoy. And, I mean, I got students covering – freaking uh, uh, IU women's basketball games. They went last weekend and covered a wrestling match against uh, the number one ranked uh, Penn State Nittany Lions, the Penn National Champs. So they get, to, they, get to, they get to cover something like, and uh, I, I do have the point, I do have a lot of upperclassmen. So I, I got the uh, older groups where they, they want to they be the next JMV or they want to be working at ESPN at some point in their careers. Now, do you have a sweet parking pass? Can you get anywhere and park anywhere on IU's campus? Listen, I got, I got the, uh, my, you know, my my uh, cheap ass. I got the cheapest parking pass, what? but it's right across, it's right across the street from Franklin Hall. So I'm able to, uh, you know, I, I'm able to park and be in my office within three minutes. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. if you had because oh, yeah. those things are valuable. I still have outstanding oh, yeah. tickets back in the day. I bet I got fifty tickets parked in front of the hyper illegally back in the day, eighties and nineties. You, you 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 were giving them buckets, huh? Oh my god! I mean, yeah. We, and then we we would go in. I, I'm sure you couldn't. I haven't been in there forever. I'm sure you couldn't do that any longer. But we would go in, and I would roll. I would roll underneath. You know, they the kind of I don't know what you would call. They have kind of a wall, but you know, it's not a wall. It's not a fence either. But whatever. Inside the hyper, we would we would go in and just kind of slide underneath it and, and go out there. But yeah, I got tons of parking tickets from there. So. Man, I haven't heard about it since, though. Come, hey, you're good. My students keep trying to ask me to come down and watch their intramural games. You know, they start intramural games at 10 p.m. at night. My ass is in bed yeah. at 10 p.m. at night. I was playing last night until 11. You believe that? How hey, stupid South, am I? Southport? Southport? No, I played at the Sack over at Center Grove. The Sack. Isn't that a funny name? Sack. Where's that sack hanging at? The sack, the sack, well, the, the sack had a lot of loud cursing from me last night, buddy. A lot of the sack, the sack had some audible cuss words coming from me last night. I was angry. Ooh, hey, the, rim, hey, the, the rim wasn't too crazy. <laughs> I was cussing. I was cussing at the rim, buddy. Cussing all over it last night. 
and we know you wasn't playing any defense, so no. it was a lose lose for you. Oh, my knees were hurting. I mean, I so I was I was. I said, "Does anybody around here have a joint or anything?" I, my knees hurt so bad. What do you guys got? Anything? No. So. <laughs> oh man, I hey, didn't really ask that. I'm just joking. So. Hey, tell my girl Lainey, I said hello, man. Y'all have a great. Is Layla weekend. doing all right, by the way? Layla doing well. Nah, she she's doing she's doing good. She's doing good, plugging along and stuff. Um, coming down to the last couple of weeks of uh, middle school ball, so we're uh, starting to wrap things up a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, I think we are too. It's been so enjoyable. I haven't yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> so I, I, enjoyable. I, I did, you. did you did you catch that scent of that hint of sarcasm right there? It's been so enjoyable that I truly haven't noticed it's coming to an end. Man, I need to come sit in the stands down there and start yelling Lady's name when she's on the bench. Get some more minutes, man. Get get my girl in the game, man. (laughs) Tell the uh, awesome Layla we said hello and the rest of the fam, too. Miss you guys. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The voice of the Hoosiers joining us now, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It is Don Fisher. First of all, thank you so much for last Friday. Our table, Don, outstanding. And I'll add to this, Ginger came by today and dropped off lunch for us from our table. Yes. (laughs) Well, you're in Fat City now, man. (laughs) Well, the chicken sliders... The uh, prime rib sliders, the lasagna, all a part of the lunch here. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good stuff. There's no question about that. That's why I told you about it. That's yes. why I invited you to dinner. Man. No, it was awesome. You were so it was so fun. I had just a spectacular time, and you can probably tell I don't get out very much other than doing the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the crowd. <laughs> But, hey, thank you. It was so awesome. It was great to see everybody down there. And now I will publicly ask you, whenever you're ready, we'll go back, and uh, I'll take care of it. So, All right. Sounds good, man. Are you in Michigan yet, or are you on your way up there? No, I'm literally on my way to the airport, just about to the airport as we speak. Oh, okay. Yeah, Michigan. I know you're only there for a couple hours, but that still has to suck, right? What a horrible state. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to be there long enough to worry about it. <laughs> Just get in the hotel, get out of the hotel, go to Chrysler Arena or whatever the hell it is, and then yeah, get yourselves a win and, and get out of there. Hey, Don, I want to go back to the, the Rutgers game early in the week. You know, a lot of people had suggested, yeah, yeah, I hate the way Rutgers plays. They play so rough, they're so physical, I don't like their brand of basketball. But I thought that that was a necessary hurdle for this IU team because they showed a lot of moxie and a lot of toughness of which – that we have wondered if they had in the past. And I thought that we saw that in that win last time out against Rutgers. I agree, John. Uh, I, I was I was not – I wasn't – I thought we were going to see it because we, we've just not seen it very often against Rutgers at all. But I thought that because Trace Jackson Davis has just uh, taken on a different role this year, 
a much tougher attitude and all those kinds of things. I thought we would come out and play them really well. You never know if you're going to win that ball game because they just play, they grind it out on you, and they're just so physical it takes a lot out of you. And then on top of that, Indiana was coming off a tremendous win, uh, as we know, over the Purdue Boilermakers, which took a lot of energy and emotion out of the ball club. So, you know, when you looked at it, you, you said, well, I feel good about this game, but at the same time, anything can still happen. And uh, the good news is Indiana toughed it out. They were as physical and, and difficult to deal with as Indiana was. And that's all I was hoping we are going to see, and we certainly saw it. Yeah, and you also saw, Trace, as we've talked about over and over again, getting support. Now all we need to see is consistency, right? Uh, game to game, and especially, man, tomorrow night's going to be interesting to see if they can give him that help on the road, Don. Well, you know, that is exactly right. I mean, this is a basketball team. We, we, I will say this. We've seen more consistency in this last eight ball games than we've seen all year. Uh, they have won seven out of those eight contests. Uh, they are a ball club right now that is on a roll. They, they need to stay on that roll because Michigan's not going to be a, a, an easy test either. Uh, Michigan's a ball club that is, has the same exact record as Indiana has in the Big Ten, and they've won, uh, won their last three ball games. And we know the, how good Hunter Dickinson is. And it appears that Jed Howard has uh, taken on the role of a, like a Jalen Hood Shafino in the sense that this kid at 6'8 is playing a guard position and he's scoring like he's a guard, uh, especially with a three point shot. He's hitting like 40% of his threes. Uh, they're going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. I've always been in, uh, kind of a th- thinking of, of Kobe Bufkin as a guy that is going to be a really good player, and this year is a sophomore. He has edged up his game as well. So I, I think this is going to be a real challenge, and especially when you're playing at Michigan. You know, when Indiana comes in there with Indiana on the front of that jersey, Michigan always gets ready to play. So it's going to be a test, and I think Indiana will have to be consistent we're going to see that out of trace. I don't have any doubt about that. But the rest of this ball club is going to have to step up just like they have recently, uh, especially in these latest seven or out of the eight ball games that they've won. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Wolverines, by the way, winners of three consecutive. And you talk about you start with Hunter Dickinson, obviously, at 18 points per game. I guess from the IU standpoint is I, I don't know if there has been a latest, but have you heard anything regarding Jordan Geronimo to this point? I have not, but he did dress for the last ball game. Mike said he might utilize him uh, if he felt like it was necessary, number one and number two, if he felt like in warm-ups that he felt okay. He did not use him in that ball game, so he's had another couple, three days to get ready for this matchup. Uh, I think he will be ready for this ball game tonight, and he's le- unless he's had some kind of a um, you know situation where he aggravated or whatever the case may be. But uh, obviously, Indiana needs to get everybody back and healthy again. We're still waiting for Xavier Johnson to get back, and and I think X will at some point. I just don't know when that's going to be. And a lot of people think it's probably not going to be until much, almost the end of the uh, of February before he's able to get back and start practicing again. So we'll just have to wait and see because that's another component that would really help Indiana. You know, Don, it's interesting to see, too, throughout this team. You can just see, obviously, Trace has it at a very high level, confidence throughout. 
But you can see it building, and you can see it becoming more consistent with both Miller Cop and Trey Galloway. And when Galloway plays with that confidence, he he can be such a difference maker, really, really on both ends, because he he goes at it as hard, and I I love it. I know some people kind of want him to dial it down at times. I think I love the reckless nature in which he plays. He does. He's a he's a guy that plays with no fear. He plays as hard as anybody on the floor for as long as he's out there, um, and he has obviously become, as we've talked before, uh, a really good shooter on this basketball team. He's hitting fifty percent of his shots from three point land, and he's done a lot more of bringing the ball up these days, as not necessarily as a point guard, so to speak. But he's bringing the ball up uh, against pressure just as much as Jalen Hood Shafino is. And those two guys together have really done a very good job of dealing with the pressure that a lot of these teams are trying to put on them now because a lot of teams are trying to take, I think they're trying to slow Indiana down and not allow them to get in their half court right away, which I think has been a problem for Indiana at times this year. But I think this team, because of what Trey has been able to do, uh, has really helped them get into their offense a lot quicker than it normally would. Yeah, no doubt about that. You size up, uh, I know that uh, obviously the Big Ten, you you see the standings and such, but there's such an opportunity for IU, and I'm sure other teams probably feel the same way. But to get out of of that logjam, which IU is doing right now too, but continue to do that, we're, I think, at a level where – it's been a while since you've had winning expectations like this on the road, and maybe it's just me, Don, but I sit here thinking, I expect IU, the way that they're playing and the season that they're having right now, to go up to Ann Arbor and to win. Easier said than done, but at least that is my developed expectation with this group, and that's a good thing. Well, there's no question. Uh, this team has proven they can win on the road. They've been doing it here recently. Um, and, and there's no doubt uh, against good competition. Obviously, the Illinois ball game was as impressive as any. So I, I'm right now I'm excited about what we're seeing with this team. I don't want to get over-exuberant about, <laughs> about anything. At Indiana, you never want to no, do that no. because you get let no. down. Yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is we're seeing a better basketball program right now than we've seen at Indiana in some time. And Mike Woodson gets credit for that because he's done a great job of getting these kids to buy in. He's gotten some of these guys like Malik Renew and and even Geronimo when he was uh, not playing a lot of minutes and stuff like that. These guys are coming in and contributing off the bench now. Tamar Bates has not been a consistent contributor uh, from the standpoint of scoring the basketball like you think he can but he has been able to give them something out there, whether it's a defensive effort or rebounding or those kinds of things on top of the shot-making skills. So we're, we're seeing a basketball team that is starting to develop itself or players that are developing themselves along with what the coaches are trying to get out of them. And I really like that. Malik Renew is another guy that comes off the bench and really plays well when he's out there. So – uh, it, right now, it's you can really say that this is a team. They're they're yeah. they're not just a one trick pony or any of that kind of thing. This is a team, and these guys believe in one another, and they're playing like it. Yeah, Don. In closing, here I'll give you Caleb Banks too. I, I thought m- my man played like he was on fire against Purdue, <laughs> and and I guess I guess all it's it's trying to find a niche right now. But when he's been out there, he has been going 100 miles an hour. And I love that. I do. I, I mentioned the reckless nature of Trey Galloway, which is certainly more control, I think, than Caleb Banks. But Banks against Purdue was all over the place on Saturday. 
There's no question. I mean, he's he's athletic. Yeah. Uh, he's quick enough. He's he's actually a good shooter. I mean, you watch him in practice and, and scrimmages and those kinds of things, and he knocks down shots. The the big thing with him because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time earlier this season, I think he kind of lost confidence. I think he started to doubt himself a little bit. And uh, honestly, I, I think without question, he has regained some confidence. He looks like he's having more fun now, which I think is always a critical factor. You want your guys to, to show that exuberance out there on the floor, and I think we've seen that from him. And I know in, in interviewing him uh, recently, uh, he said, I'm really starting to have fun now. He says, I was struggling before, but he says, really, right now I'm having fun again, and that's really a, a positive thing. Yeah, and when you start to see success, I, I think to a degree, and we've seen him have success, but I think Trey's kind of the same way. He starts seeing that consistent yeah. success, and you can just see their confidence skyrocketing. Don, I know you're going to run here. I appreciate you hopping on, and once again, our table, thank you very much for last Friday. That was uh, awesome. My Friday's not going to be anything like it this Friday, as it was last week. So, I don't like it. <laughs> well, mine's not going to be either. So, we're in the same <laughs> yeah, boat. you're going to be on a flight to Ann Arbor, Michigan, by the way. Yeah. Um, anyway, you guys hit the airwaves at 5 p.m. coming up tomorrow afternoon, correct? Yep, at least it's not an 8 o'clock, or eight o'clock start for a pregame show. It'll be a 5 o'clock start tomorrow, so we'll get home at a reasonable hour tomorrow night. Yeah, if only there was some way. They're going to be flying right over Greenwood. They could just, like, parachute you out, like, right around there. <laughs> it's still, I think it's still just a hair cold for parachuting. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a great call, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Thanks, Don. Sounds good, John. See you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the voice of the Pacers, Bally Sports Indiana, who also shout out to Westfield. That's his high school right there. Speaking of opening up a can. See, the yeah, Shamrocks uh, open up a can. Yeah, Westfield, a little bit bigger than it was when I went to school four so. years ago. That was a farm uh, community when you went to school. But listen, so was Center Grove. I mean, Center Grove, you look at that. Center Grove back when I was at Indiana State, I remember dropping some some dude off that was with us after a, a night of ridiculousness uh, in Broad Ripple, and it was nothing but farmland there at the time. Well, well, I have to tell you, two things have happened in my lifetime that you know, I honestly never thought would happen. Yep. One would be having been the longtime voice of Butler, uh, sitting in Lucas Oil Stadium in 2010, watching Butler nearly win a national championship against Duke. And then last year, Braden Smith winning Mr. Basketball, representing Westfield High School, because I would have never thought, you know, that Westfield would, you know, be in a position or be that large or whatever to have, you know, uh, a player capable of winning Mr. Basketball. And he was terrific last year and he's done a great job at Purdue. So that's my thought for the day, John. I'm, I'm standing <laughs> here in Cambridge Fieldhouse uh, watching Miles Turner and T.J. McConnell do some individual work. Right. And the curtains are up. You're seeing the daylight Beautiful. on both sides, the east and the west here at Cambridge Fieldhouse. It is fantastic. And I believe the curtains were up in that Cleveland game last Sunday, right? At the start of the yes. game? Yeah. Yes, it was behind us. Uh, they did not have uh, the west side up because the sun, you know, the sun had come in. You know, I remember those days when I was doing Butler games at 2 o'clock in the afternoon 
uh, that sun would come down to the corner, uh, in the corner uh, opposite the opponent's bench. It was beautiful. Yeah, they really struggled shooting shots from the corner uh, back in the day for those 2 o'clock starts because at about 3.30, uh, the sun could be right in your face. Yeah. I loved it. It's uh, Kristen Airy, the voice of the Pacers, Valley Sports, Indiana. Yeah, I, I'd agree. There was just something cool that you, you could tell in that Cleveland game, even though the final score in the game itself wasn't cool, no doubt about that, but the atmosphere was with the uh, the curtains down, up, whatever, if you will, and the windows being open there. What would you think of not just the trade deadline, but the presser? Did it feel to you? Like the Pacers had a lot of ores, so to speak, in the water uh, of that trade deadline, only kind of coming up empty, but coming up with something as an end result here, Chris? Yeah, I think so. When you listen to Kevin Pritchard, it sounds like they were prepared to swing. Uh, they, they identified some players out there that uh, they thought might be available and uh, went after it, and those did not pan out. The, the teams, uh, you know, made the decision not to part ways. And so. Uh, then they they veered back and and got involved in in the three team trade Brooklyn Milwaukee and the Pacers and and get a young player in Jordan, uh, Jordan Wara that has been a good three point shooter uh, nearly forty percent in his career uh, has some size and and so he fits the timeline with what the Pacers are trying to build and uh, we won't see him tonight he and George Hill will not be dressed but uh, maybe we'll see him tomorrow and uh, I, I would guess we would see him on uh, Monday. Yeah, that's that's a thought right there, too. It's Kristen Airy again, the Suns and the Pacers coming up later on tonight. We know that the Suns lost in Atlanta last night. Kevin Durant is still out. Devin Booker did not play last night. Expectation is that he suits up and plays this evening for the Suns? Yeah, he, he is uh, listed as available. Uh, they still have a number of players out due to injury. Cameron Payne, uh, Landry Shamit. Uh, T.J. Warren is not with the team. You mentioned uh, Kevin Durant. And, you know, that trade went down as we were on the plane coming back from Miami Wednesday night. I mean, you know, we're, we're on Wi-Fi on our plane at, at 2 in the morning, and all of a sudden things are breaking. And I think Kevin Pritchard said that really set in motion yesterday that uh, he, he said Wednesday during the day was as quiet he's, as he's ever been around during a trade deadline. Um, and then, you know, it heated up, of course, Wednesday night, the big deal to get Kevin Durant. And then all of a sudden you saw teams in the West start, you know, trying to counter that, and then teams also putting together smaller deals. Uh, and that's, you know, what the Pacers were involved in yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see after the All-Star break when Kevin Durant is healthy and uh, becomes a part of this uh, Phoenix roster. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's uh, Chris Denary with us. I I don't know if anything was brought up because that was just Kevin Pritchard. I, I'll ask you this. It's just been a week's worth, but it really stood out the other night in that loss down in Miami. Benedict Matherin and his minutes. And in the last four, you know, a little over 22 minutes per game, where before that it was up in the neighborhood of 33 and 34. Anything to see here in your estimation? Not really. I mean, it's, you know, we, the Pacers have played 56 games. He's been a big part of it. He's averaging 17 per game. And you go through spells. I mean, this is a guy that's had a tremendous year. He had five straight 20-point games before that. But if you go back a couple of weeks, John, um, I mean, he had a, a three-game stretch where he had like six, five, and three. So it happens. I didn't think he played particularly well against Miami. He didn't look comfortable out there early. Um, I thought, you know, Jimmy Butler – 
probably taught him a few lessons, and that's good. That's good to, uh, you know, be in that type of situation. So I don't, I don't really make a lot out of it. I mean, it happens from time to time over, you know, a three- or four-game period where uh, things change a little bit. Uh, he's, he's still got a tremendous amount of opportunity. He's going to get a tremendous amount of opportunity. I mean, he's one of the favorites for Rookie of the Year. He's one of the favorites for Sixth Man of the Year. So I, I don't put a lot of stock in a, a three- to four-game window. Um, I expect him to come back and play quite well. All right, we go to see Aiton and Turner. Unlike we were hoping to see in Phoenix, it did not occur. That's the expectation tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse at 7. Yeah, that is the expectation. Uh, Aiton's had two 30-point games in his last three. Uh, Miles, for the third time in his career, has had four straight double-doubles. Uh, he's already had 17, John, and that matches a career high. So, you know, Miles, if you look over the last 20 games, I mean, he's averaging 21 points and nine rebounds and and three block shots and you can also see the joy and maybe the relief in his face because he knows he's going to be here he wanted to be here Uh, we talked about it he got that extension done with the Pacers they're happy to have him and so um, you know it's something that Kevin Pritchard addressed today goes look we're trying to win as many games as we can Uh, that stretch when we lost Halliburton as he said was tough you go one and nine and it'll put you a little bit behind the eight ball he said it's also you know, it's difficult at times as you're trying to develop talent and win, but we're trying to do it at the same time. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll be fun to, to watch Aiton and Turner tonight uh, going head to head here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Yeah, and it had to be motivation. I would also say this, uh, and I know it wasn't all on him, but Bam went Bam the other night on anybody that was in his general vicinity. And uh, oftentimes it was Miles. I'm assuming that you not only have Aiton because of what took place last summer in that motivation, but the motivation to come back, even with a good performance from Miles. But uh, Bam was incredible for the Heat the other night. His ability to hit that mid-range shot, John, has made him so good. I mean, he got to the free throw line, what, he was 14 of 14. I think he was 12 to 16 from the field and you know they did a really good job I thought you know of not attacking the rim where you know Miles uh, is is one of the best in the league and so um, as Miles would drop back you know Bam I thought did a really good job of hitting that free throw line or dotted line jumper and that's something that, uh, that that's why he's in rarefied air right there are not many big men like uh, Bam Adebayo, and, and that's why he's an all-star. I mean, that's why we'll see him in Salt Lake City next week. No doubt about that. All right, um, what do you think the skids have hit? I've, I've given it a combination of obviously being without Halliburton, the schedule getting tougher, and, you know, maybe what we saw when they were, what, four-plus four games above five hundred before Halliburton went down. I don't want to call it fool's goal, but I think that's the best way I can describe it right now. But what are some of the other means in which you think is the reason why this team is, has been on the skids for the past couple of weeks here? Well, well, they have, I think, to your point, they have, I think, played the fourth or fifth toughest schedule in the NBA at this point. And really, I, you know, a lot of people will talk defense, giving up points, but I've really looked at the offense over the last 15 games. I think they're averaging 109 points per game. In the stretch where they were 8-2, and two, they averaged over 120, and they shot the ball really well. And so I don't think they've been as efficient offensively as they were during that 10-game stretch when they were 8-2. And, two. and um, you know, some of that is, um, 
you know, your defense was better. You were getting more transition points. I mean, I think the Pacers are the best fast break team in the NBA. They average 19 points fast break. They only had six against Miami. And so it's this team is, is at its best when it can get out and run and get some easy baskets. And then that takes a lot of pressure off your half-court offense. When you're not getting those baskets in transition and you're having to go deeper into the shot clock, that's where this team has struggled a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I think part of that is the schedule's gotten tougher. Um, I mean, maybe we can say they overachieved through the first 41 games at 23-18. and 18, But, uh, yeah, and, and then the Halliburton situation, think about it. Not only was Halliburton out, but Miles was out during that stretch, and Aaron Neesmith missed a few games. So now it's just trying to recover and get back to the way you were playing uh, last month. Kristen Airy, Bally Sports, Indiana, 6.30 pregame show, 7Ps, the tip tonight. Gamebridge Fieldhouse, by the way, get down there, check it out, have a blast. I'll give you a reason to, even more so before and after the game, coming up in, in just a minute as well. George Hill, that's also been a point for many. What's your expectation? Is he just going to be you know, a guy on the bench here just in case, break glass in case of emergency? Does he get some clock time? What, what's your expectation with George Hill as a part of this? Well, I think George, you know, as his career is winding down, I mean, we, it's his 15th year. I don't, I don't know. He's under contract this year. I, I don't know what his status is, you know, moving forward. How, how long does he want to play? I do think he wanted at some point to, to try to play back in Indiana. I mean, he, he loves Indianapolis. He had a great run with the Pacers. So I, I'm very happy to see him back. Here's, here's the thing, John. He has played on some high-level teams competing for championships the last few years. He was with LeBron in Cleveland when they got beat in the NBA Finals. He's played in Philadelphia. He's played with Giannis in Milwaukee. If you look at this Pacers team, you don't have a lot of guys that have – playoff experience or what it's like to be in the playoffs. So somebody like George Hill being in the locker room can assist these guys in knowing what it's like to get to that level. So I think from that standpoint, I think that's a huge value. And uh, I'm really, I'm really happy to have him back. He was one of my favorites back uh, when the Pacers made those runs uh, to the Eastern conference finals, had a chance to visit with him a couple of weeks ago in Milwaukee uh, so I think he'll be great on the bench, great in the locker room. And if he's called on to play, he'll be ready to go. John, back in January, remember that game in Milwaukee on Martin Luther King Jr. Day? The Pacers had a double-figure lead in that game, and it changed when Mike Budenholzer put George Hill and Wesley Matthews in. Uh, George hit a three. He had three steals. That veteran presence at times can really be of value on the floor. So, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him, but I think he can be hugely valuable to these young guys in the locker room and on the bench. So, Kristen Airy with us. Before I let you go, I don't know. You've been on once, and I think I forgot to bring it up, but I want to make sure I do. I want to congratulate you on the Sportscaster of the Year honor that you received about a month ago. That's awesome. Well, I, it's well done. I, I I appreciate it. I know you've won one of those uh, through the national sports media. I have no idea how that happened either. I'm assuming it's because it was uh, for a year in which there wasn't a lot of sports going on, I would guess. (laughs) Well, I think you and I have a long way to go if we're to catch Don Fisher and Mark Boyle. But uh, I'm very proud to uh, represent Indiana in 2022. 
we have so many great people in sports in our market, radio, TV, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, very, very honored to win and uh, glad to be the representative uh, of the state of Indiana in 2022. Nah, I thought that's awesome. That, they're, they're a great group, really. I mean, they are with a, a great deal of respect and years and years of judging that and, you know, bringing those in the sports broadcasting community together every year in Winston-Salem for a convention. I didn't go, uh, but uh, maybe you will. I've heard that it's really fun, but it, it's quite an honor, man. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I, I am hoping to go. Our oldest son and daughter-in-law live in Myrtle Beach. Yep. So they're down in South Carolina, and they are due with our second grandson sometime a couple of weeks after that. So I may pair that with a trip to Winston-Salem and then head to Myrtle Beach uh, for the birth of our grandson. Well, and on the way to Winston-Salem, that's 33 miles away from Pilot Mountain, also known as Mount Pilot which yep. is not too far away from Mount Airy, North Carolina, which was the backdrop to Mayberry, North Carolina, and the Andy Griffith Show. I've been yeah. there before. It's a great time, so maybe if you've ever watched an episode of Andy Griffith, check both of those spots out. And you know, one of the times that I went down a few years ago uh, to Myrtle Beach to visit my son, um, I stopped at Mark Patrick's house. Yeah, um, yeah, on, that too. On, on the way to <laughs> on the way to South Carolina, he's right where South Carolina, Tennessee, and North Carolina all meet. Yes, and uh, he was really cool. He reached out to me on Facebook, and he he knew I was coming, and he goes, "Hey, I'll save you a hotel room. Why don't you come by and?" Um, spend the night at the house, and it was great to visit with Mark a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, he he is, I think, in the general vicinity, is he not, of where the, uh, in Deliverance, where they started their rafting tour. He, he might be, but I, I want to tell you, you go out to his back patio, the view I know, is it's incredible. It is. Actually, and, and, yeah, it, it is and incredible. his talent, John, yes. his talent of what he can do and what he can build, I mean, it's second to none. There, you watch these shows, you know, these DIY shows. They got nothing on him, Chris. Zero. Oh no, he he had it is. It was a garage that was converted. It looked like a gym from Hoosiers. Yeah. Scoreboards and and wood and I mean, I see what he builds his grandkids and I mean this guy. We just thought he was, you know, with you um, giving you the name GMB and doing. Uh, Dirk Laneck on Wish. No, this guy is uber talented with his ability to build things. Yeah, then watching watching Drew in his second career, yeah, go yeah. about it with uh, a little bit of a bourbon, a little bit of whiskey going on too. I'm telling you, it, between the two, there's a great deal of talent. But Mark, I saw that years ago, and he's putting that to good use and has over the past ten plus years. It's amazing down there. Yeah, it really is. It was it was cool to see him, and I'm hoping I can do it again sometime. You got it. Hey, again, congratulations on that 6:30. That's when you guys are underway. Bally Sports, Indiana Suns and Pacers, Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up later on tonight. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks, John. 